kid do? I want to be like you. The hosts of this podcast do spooky. I want to be like myself <laughs> for once in my life. Can I just be myself? My name's Adam Knox. Uh, this is Ooh uh, Spooky. Uh, I'm Peter Jones. Knox <laughs> <laughs> is coming in strong. Today. I know. I gotta, I'm trying to overcompensate because I'm sick. So I'm putting a lot of energy behind everything. And it's definitely not going to be a sprint. <laughs> rather than a marathon while well, I'll fade out in five minutes. Um, this is a podcast where we go through a book called... Do you uh, want to introduce Luca? Well, I was going to do it after. Don't I do the book first? Well, he already introduced I've already introduced oh, What's your name? Luca Muller. <laughs> <laughs> what's your fucking name, dude? <laughs> Why don't you know his name? <laughs> um, the book is called... <laughs> Mysteries of the Unexplained. I'm yeah. sorry that I'm sick, all right? I'm sorry I'm not well. And it's making me crazy. <laughs> have we ever said like the tagline of the book? How ordinary men and women have experienced the strange, the uncanny and the incredible. Wow. Pretty good. Not uncanny men and women experiencing <laughs> the ordinary. Very 80s. That's not a 2019 no, no, it's a, caption. Yeah. 80s ads always used to have... Big walls of text in like magazines and stuff. Do you remember that? Mm. It explained exactly why you needed this product, what it was good for, its features. And now they're just like a white page and it'll say like bread. Yeah. Or like, like, holy shit. Yeah. Bonus. Bonus. (laughs) Buy bonus. Get one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) On my way, Ad. So this book, The Mysteries of the Unexplained, I think we've, we've talked about how previously it was just in. My house growing up was a, was a part of my house. Yeah. I found in the book there was a a card, a birthday card. No, sorry, a Mother's Day card for who it belongs. So it belonged to my grandma, my nan. Right. She. It was a gift to her from my uncle John. Okay. And my aunt Janet gave a gift saying, "Oh, we thought you would enjoy this," and it was a gift to my nan. Now for Mother's Day. For Mother's Day, right. which is odd, yeah. which is a weird to give a gift for Mother's yeah. Day that is the flowers, m- chocolates, yeah, a book about the unknown. Because <laughs> <laughs> I told, I caught up with my, my, my I caught up with my mum this week, and I told my mum that the gift that the book came from was was her mum's, yeah, and she goes, oh, the house we grew up in was haunted." Oh and, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? How, how do you know that? Well, and the story is, so my name every Mother's Day, a strange <laughs> book would show up inexplicably. <laughs> so uh, her uncle John is her half brother. Okay, and so my nan's first husband, uh, they had Uncle John, mm. and then three months after Uncle John was born, her husband died. Oh no! And then when Uncle John was a little kid, apparently one day he was sitting in the living room. And he just pointed to the corner and he goes, who's that man? And there was no one in the corner of the room. Nice. And uh, my nan's theory is He gave birth to a retarded son. (laughs) 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 And that's the end of that story. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happened. (laughs) That's what I wanted to get across. <laughs> and it's actually pretty amazing that he's been able to grow up and buy gifts and stuff. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Yeah, I got you this book for my <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> That's appropriate." <laughs> um, so your, your nan's theory is that that was his dad. That was his dad. Wow. Checking in on him. How old was he when he was seeing the ghost versus when he was? Because he was three months old when his dad. He was three died. months old when his dad so died. Never knew him. Never knew him. No. Huh. 
And so then uh, he was a toddler. He wow. would have been like a five-year-old. Shit. So there you go. The origins <laughs> like of the a, book are continue. An electrician knocking at the window. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have contact with your Uncle John? Uh, I haven't alive? spoken to Uncle John. He's still alive. But, um, but we could try and contact him now. All right. Get so out the Ouija board. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I meant on the phone. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So he saw the ghost. Uncle John He's, saw the my ghost. My Uncle John saw the ghost. Huh. And um, my nan believed the, believed the ghost. I would love to have a chat with Uncle John at some point. Not right now. <laughs> but I reckon we could drag this out to be a season arc. <laughs> uh, in the meantime... Trying to get in touch with Uncle John. Ah, <laughs> uh, finding Johnny. <laughs> uh, the main premise of this podcast, though, is we have five stories each week from said book that we are going to go through and try and make sense of to understand this crazy world we live in. Or don't live in. <laughs> this, uh, the book's divided into five chapters. This chapter is titled uh, uh, Unearthly Fates. When we hear of expeditions seeking lost cities, we think of the Spanish and Portuguese conquistadors, a 16th century dream of El Dorado. But another such expedition set forth into Brazil's little-known Mato Grosso on April 20th, 1925. It was led by Lieutenant... 20, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah Let's yeah. go to mate grouse <laughs> Let's go to grouse mates and get fucking baked bro. <laughs> it was led by Lieutenant Colonel Percy Fawcett An archaeologist, geographer and adventurer Whose dreams of discovery were no less vivid and alluring than those of the conquistadors They led him, his son Jack and their companion Rayleigh Rimmel To a... <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> Do you have a problem with my companion, Rayleigh Rimmel? <laughs> uh, yes, I am a lieutenant. <laughs> I'm Lieutenant Percy, uh, Percy, Percy Fawcett. This is my son, Jack. And, of course, our good friend, uh, Rayleigh Rimmel. <laughs> and he forgot her name early on. And every time went, it's uh, Rayleigh Rimmel. <laughs> my name is Sarah Jones. <laughs> okay, Rayleigh. <laughs> Rayleigh Rimmel. Rayleigh Rimmel. That was a common name, and I just realised it's the name of someone we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just a common name that came into my head. You just named a friend of ours. Yeah, deliberate <laughs> <laughs> by mistake. You, you know, you say a common name. Mm. Yeah, it's like when you try and think Bob of a Hoskins. Name and you say you like, just say a random name. Adam Knox. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't think of anything else. Oh, he was probably thinking like, oh, this is Adam Sandler. Here we go. <laughs> They led him, his son Jack, and their companion Rayleigh Rimmel, Rayleigh Rimmel, uh, to an unknown fate in a forbidding land. Fawcett had served in Great Britain's Indian Army in Ceylon at the turn of the century, spending his free time searching for ancient tombs and treasures. You gotta have a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he off to? Looking for another freaking ancient tomb. <laughs> yeah, he's looking for a tomb. You jacking off in the bush again? <laughs> no, I'm looking for a tomb <laughs> for treasure. Get out of here, Rayleigh Rimble. Going to South America, he spent the years 1906 to 1909 surveying a long and excessively unhealthy sector of the Brazilian Bolivian frontier. At the end of that period, he carefully studied an 18th century Portuguese account of a great city that lay in ruins, but was purportedly rich in gold and gems. Ah, the perfect place to jerk off in. <laughs> ah, nothing gets a man off like coming on a gem. <laughs> he collects none of them. He doesn't want to take anything back. <laughs> no, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> I gotta come in a museum. <laughs> really, you mind Jack, and I'm gonna jack it off myself. Fucking horny, you know. 
Indiana, Indiana Jones like sliding under a closing rock door, then quickly jacking off <laughs> underneath it before it closes. <laughs> the path is invisible. Don't worry, I'll jack off onto it, and my cum will stick on the invisible path. He's, with one hand, he's slowly easing that like egg thing off the way, and the other hand is just jacking, trying to figure out exactly <laughs> weighing his balls to figure out how much cum to put under, under the thing so it doesn't set off. <laughs> the penitent man will come. That's then, why he kneels. <laughs> in the third one, he meets his dad, and his dad can come like straight away. <laughs> He's just great at coming. <laughs> he came quick, quickly. <laughs> uh, convinced that the city existed, indeed, that Brazil's lost cities predated even those of Egypt, Fawcett and his party started out from Cuiaba, travelling light and planning to live off the country. His last dispatch, dated May 30th, state, stated in part... We have cut our way through miles of Sereba, a forest of low, dry scrub. We have crossed innumerable small streams by swimming and fording. We have climbed rocky hills of forbidding aspect. We have been eaten by bugs. (laughs) 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 We have achieved all this and been nibbled. (laughs) We shall not get into interesting country for another two weeks. The world heard no more from Fawcett and his companions because he had warned they would be gone for at least two years and because his wife was convinced he was well. There was no search party until May 1928. So he took off... Three years later. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) 1925. And by then the trail was cold. Indians from several of the mutually hostile tribes in the area accused each other of killing the explorers. Others told of seeing the Englishman near death from disease and exhaustion. For more than a decade, travellers returned with stories that Fawcett had gone native, a half-mad old man in rotting rags among the Indians, but no convincing evidence ever emerged to resolve the mystery. So a guy died in the bush. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't send a search party for three years, and then they couldn't (laughs) find him. (laughs) It is so funny. Like, his wife, he's like, yeah, take uh, take Jack and... Who's... Who's... (laughs) Rayleigh, Rayleigh Rimmel? Oh, uh, no, no. Her? Oh, Ra- oh Ray- Rayleigh Rimmel. Yeah, no, 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 no. She's um, <sighs> a what? companion of sorts. It's not always easy to make yourself come on a jet. <laughs> <laughs> you need help from time to time. I'll be gone for at least two years. <laughs> That's a crazy amount of time to say you're gone for. It like... yeah. It is he definitely in, just died in the jungle as well. That's not a mystery at all. It is also super funny how in the past you could just... That was just something people would do. It's like, yeah. no way anyone's gone for four days. Yeah. <laughs> these, these days you couldn't go for four days without being like, oh, I'll be off the grid for four days. You probably cannot contact me. I'm going through a tunnel people for be, four oh, days. He's killing himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That yeah. man's about to die. Yeah, the, the idea as well of like... Being in England and going like, I'm going to move to Australia. Goodbye forever. Mm. That's it forever. I'll never make Bye. contact with you again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm going into the Brazilian Bolivian jungle. <laughs> uh, bye. Oh my God, it's <laughs> fucking hot. <laughs> I'm going to be like two years. <laughs> I'm getting eaten by bugs. <laughs> oh, well. He died in the jungle because he was a fucking moron. <laughs> Walking through all this like thick scrub, and he's like, "But we'll get to some interesting land in two weeks." Uh, yeah, what's um, the point of going anywhere, man? They'll find that uh, that lost city that of lost gold. City. 
They already knew the city was in ruins. I guess like money's alluring. I get it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> See you in two years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next story is from the section Monsters and More. Oh, this is, this is big time. Roger Patterson. A Bigfoot buff. Holy shit. Edward Cullen. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's worth mentioning, but every time you say the section monsters and more, I picture it M-O-H-R and it's Jay Moore hanging out with like Frankenstein and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) This is a terrible podcast. (laughs) So Frankenstein, what's uh, what did you think of the Phantom Menace? God, it was bad. (laughs) That is actually my favorite genre of of podcast is regular interview show, except every so often bonus episode to review The Last Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Uh oh, someone's in his 40s. (laughs) No guess this week, so we're watching The Empire Strikes Back for some reason. Uh, okay, Roger Patterson, a Bigfoot buff of, for many years, set up camp at the bottom of Bluff Creek Valley in Northern California in October 1967 with the intention of filming fresh tracks with his 16mm movie camera. Do you guys yet know which Bigfoot this is about to be? Uh, North American Bigfoot. Famous Bigfoot. Yeah. Oh, shit. There's the oh, photo. It's down the bottom. Snap. The one that you picture when you think of the Bigfoot. The, the Bigfoot video. <clears throat> this is this is this dude. Accompanied by his colleague Bob Gimlin, Patterson made daily horseback patrols of sandbars on which tracks had previously been seen. One day the men rounded a bend and saw a large, dark animal squatting on the bank at the far side of the creek. Oh my god. Bigfoot's taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot, huge shit. <laughs> <laughs> the horses reared at the sight and Patterson fell. As he scrambled to his feet, he frantically clawed open his saddlebag to get out the movie camera. But by then, the creature was walking away. Patterson ran after it, then stopped and filmed from a distance of about 80 feet. He managed to shoot a few clear frames that show a heavily built creature, about 7 feet tall and 3 feet across the shoulders, covered with black hair. It strides smoothly, with knees bent. As it turns to look at... Heavily built and strides smoothly. (laughs) This motherfucker wants to fuck Bigfoot. As it turns to look at Patterson, it reveals large, drooping breasts. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Big tit. (laughs) Do you know what they say about apes with big feet? (laughs) The face is flat and hairy with heavy brow ridges. Oh, that doesn't sound hot at all. (laughs) (laughs) The head is peaked at the back and sits right on the shoulders. Oh, Oh. Uh, yeah. (laughs) The head protrudes from the stomach. (laughs) The head floats 30 centimetres above the shoulders. (laughs) The head wobbles out of his elbow. The creature, she, went off into the brush, leaving footprints 14 and a half inches long. Patterson and Gimlin made two crisp casts and several still photographs of the tracks. According to one investigator, John Green, analysis of the material revealed no evidence of fraud. Wow. That's the famous Bigfoot video. I didn't realise Bigfoot was a female ape. I didn't think I knew that either. I always kind of assumed it was male for some reason. I think because... Well, I guess there would be both. Uh, That's how it would exist. That I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I always thought Bigfoot was like Godzilla, asexual. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, like a fish, <laughs> just creating eggs. Yeah, out of its butt. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I haven't seen Godzilla. <laughs> I don't think that's a case with Godzilla as well. Isn't Godzilla, Godzilla in the 1998 Godzilla one is asexual? Ah, the canon Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matthew Broderick's Godzilla. Oh, Broderick vehicle. Terrible movie. <laughs> uh, Shut wel- up, Frankenstein. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We have Matthew Broderick on. <laughs> now, we both rewatched. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge of the Sith? What's one of those movies called? <laughs> yeah, I think that's one. Is that one? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I'm like, I feel like I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> so this book's from the 80s. Hasn't Bigfoot, didn't one of them say like, yeah, we made it up at some point? Was that I this imagine- one or was that a different one? What's this guy's name? Or look up if he was the... the uh, this is someone did Roger Patterson. Board. And I feel like Roger Patterson never admitted that this was... Fake. Well, he was with a friend too. What was the friend? Bob Gimlin. Bob Gimlin. Gimlin sounds like someone who's. This is crack. the this is the plaster cast. Here, there's a photo of uh, yeah of um, Roger Patterson, regular man in cowboy getup, yeah. wearing a cowboy hat. He looks like fucking Robert De Niro pretending to be an oil tycoon. And then he's got the plaster cast of the big foot, which is that is that a, his foot next to it? It's his own foot next to the big foot. <laughs> Look at his tiny little hand as well. He's like back. I, I don't trust this guy. <laughs> He's got small hands to hold lies with. I think that this... Have you watched this video of the Bigfoot walking? And it looks over its shoulder, right? Yeah. And then, like, the arms are swinging real big while it walks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty convincing Mm. evidence that a man searching for Bigfoot for all his life found Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) Costumes at a shop. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Let me finish. (laughs) Anything? Uh... Yeah, no, they have never admitted to it. Okay, it's been. Well, I believe them then. <laughs> it might be a Bigfoot. I rec- there's there's been big feet in the world at some point. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Patterson and Gimlin both deny that they had perpetrated a hoax, but in a 1999 television interview, uh, blah, 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 Gimlin said that for some time I was totally convinced no one could fool me, and of course I'm an older man now, and I think there could have been a possibility of a hoax, but it would have. Had to be really well planned by Roger Patterson. So, oh, so the one guy thinks that the other guy did it. Oh, oh that's actually the greatest way to do that. Hoax. Yeah, because it's like, well, we were together. We didn't plan it. But did you plan it, Bob Gimlin? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gimlin didn't plan nothing. Huh. But maybe also Gimlin, because it like by '99, it's been what like 20 years or more. When did they? Th- he definitely th- would have been doubting. 32 doubted. years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you've got a whole bunch of fucking TV specials and shit going, like, did they fake yeah, Bigfoot? Yeah. yeah. You'd start to doubt whether or not you saw it. Yeah. But who's the person in the suit then? Why hasn't the suit person come forward to That's say... That's a good point. Who's the yeah. third person? Mm. You're Gimlin and... <laughs> then you cut to Gimlin's point of view and it's Robert Patterson going, I'm going to go into the bush <laughs> for like 40 minutes. If anything Bigfoot happens while I'm away, film it poorly. <laughs> and then I'll be back later on. Also, we have horses. <laughs> Why? It's 1967. You'll scare the Bigfoot. Okay, this next story is uh, takes place from the section of the unquiet sky. Um, your favourite section. Uh-huh. Shit's stuff- going to fall out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> a shower of candy is recorded <laughs> as having a... It's a piñata. <laughs> <laughs> at a Mexican birthday party. <laughs> next. <laughs> One child said, I don't know where it came from. I had a blindfold on. <laughs> all of a sudden, all this fucking candy. <laughs> A shower of candy is recorded as having occurred in some sections of Lake County, California on the nights of September 2 and September 11th. 
1857. <laughs> tell you how that second one happened. <laughs> Getting a shower of candy and like office documents. <laughs> oh, oh, it's one of those gummy ears. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, candy smoke. <laughs> All right. Do you not get it, Pete? <laughs> no, I get it. September the 2nd. <laughs> Willy Wonka planned the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is said that on both of these nights, there fell a shower of candy or sugar. The crystals were from one-eighth to one-fourth of an inch in length and the size of goose quill. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my you god! You guys are not across the measurement of goose quill. I know one half of that. What is it? I know what quill? a goose is. It was the size of a goose quill. Oh, a, a feather, quill is right? a quill yeah, is yeah, a quill. writing pen. Yep. Okay. So a goose would be the uh, it's the length and the size of the of a goose quill. In what way? <laughs> how? Like goose quill yeah. size. You know, you got the. <laughs> But how is a crystal? The cold and flu tablets. NyQuil, DayQuil. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. I don't understand how a crystal of sugar can be anything near the shape of the feather of a goose. There's a bloody goose quill for you. Yeah. Doesn't look like something another object would be able to be. Yeah, but like sugar, if sugar like uh, froze or like came in shards or like. Okay. Like falling. Uh, Syrup was made of it by some of the lady residents of the section. Nice. Oh. <laughs> cool. Well, life gives you weird sugar <laughs> shape of goose quill. Make lemonade. Ah, uh, the story of the worst September 11th ever. <laughs> that sounds like hail to me. But it was sugary. Crystals coming from the sky. Was it? Or did they just fucking put it in a soup and were like, yum, sweet. Like, what was the sweetest thing you could have possibly eaten in 1857? Was it a 19, sausage? Was it 1957? 1857. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> the sweetest thing Did you say the sweetest thing You could have eaten in 1857 Was Water Sausage Yeah Like <laughs> a Boiled potato Absolutely not What is sweet they in 1857 They definitely had confections They had sugar and desserts and From where <laughs> What do you mean like they Sugar invented, cane and shit I thought that was like A late 1800s thing No Sugar What do you it's want me to say It's pretty developed In when 1857 actually, I remember watching Amadeus <laughs> When was dessert? The motherfucker in that love sugar. So when I was guess dessert invented? I think before <laughs> 1857. Not necessarily. It's the third course, so it was the last one that showed up. <laughs> Definitely. This isn't the answer, but it is funny to have come up first. When was dessert invented? Bakewell tart is known locally as Bakewell pudding. It was supposedly <laughs> invented by accident in 1859. Ah, <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> well, they weren't eating Bakewell tart. What other desserts were there? <laughs> well, when did, what is sugar? Sugar cane. <laughs> right, and then you just heat up sugar cane? Yeah, something like that. Okay. What is sugar? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was preserved fruits. Yeah, you can also get little sugar That's from true, fruits. That's true, little candy fruits. Preserved fruits, jelly and wafers, dating back to the 15th century. Mm. So that's the 1900s, right? <laughs> <laughs> the late 1900s. All right, so they knew what sugar was, <laughs> but... 
They misinterpreted this hail as sugar. I like the idea that all dessert came from this rain. <laughs> <laughs> it all was just passed down. They built, made syrups from it and they passed it on. <laughs> they backwards engineered the <laughs> goose quilts. <laughs> Sounds like someone had like caramel the goose, like covered it in caramel <laughs> yeah, to be yeah, like, yeah. fuck you, goose. It had tried to fly away and all its feathers had come off. <laughs> it was flying away. They shot it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, this is the shape of a goose quill. <laughs> oh, it's sweet, too. <laughs> They say the sweetest thing I've ever eaten Goose (laughs) Anybody want another slice of dessert? Goose Alright Well that sure is crazy In 1837 Alfred Bird invented custard powder (laughs) He was trying to create a laxative (laughs) Oh, fuck this custard (laughs) Wait a minute (laughs) I'll go throw it in the bin Oh, it's raining out Oh well, I'll take me fucking dry custard It's getting wet (laughs) I've done it (laughs) This is the smartest idea I've had Since caramelling that goose in about 30 years Town, gather round town Look, you know custard Easy to produce Always damp (laughs) Guess what? What if it was a step before that? What about this? <laughs> Do you have slightly not enough space to store regular custard in all its thickness? What if I could shrink it by about 15%? <laughs> what if it was worse and dry? <laughs> What would you say about me? <laughs> what do you say now, eh? <laughs> Jennifer? <laughs> Old Alfred Bird never done nothing. Yeah. What about this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Alfred Bird always inventing wet things. Well, look at me now. <laughs> Dry as a bone. <laughs> I'll win your art one day. <laughs> but until that day, I'm going to win this dessert competition. Yeah. You know when you said you'd go on a date with me when the day that custard's dry? <laughs> well, look at that. What do you fucking call that? I call it an invitation to a movie. What's a movie? <laughs> Not much. What's a movie with you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alfred. <laughs> Oh, we weren't reading one about Alfred. <laughs> we had nothing to do with Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he was just Googling cameo. Was, Alfred was merely a cameo. <laughs> this is a sick website, though. I'm on the, a brief history of desserts and then on the links, related links on the bottom. A brief history of cakes and biscuits, sweets, <laughs> chocolate, herbs and spices, condiments, drinks, food. Oh, <laughs> a brief food. history of brief food. history of food. <laughs> What's it say? <laughs> What's the first food? Food was invented in 5000 BC by God. First food? Apple. An onion. <laughs> An onion? <laughs> so, that's the first picture there, isn't it? <laughs> the first food was an onion. <laughs> this has got to go with something else. <laughs> We're going to have to invent more. <laughs> they invented fire simply so onion wasn't raw. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> This needs something sweet to go with it, like a sausage. I can't, I can't eat it alone. All right. This next story is from In, uh, in the Realm of Miracles. Uh, when Antoinetta and Angelo Inasu of Syracuse, Italy, were married in the spring of 1953, one of their wedding presents was a small figure of the Madonna. Wow. 
The fact someone's that someone's auntie came to that wedding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> it's a good idea gift. Oh, cool. This would be nice. You put on a display every time yeah. I come over. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sit of a draw until I come around once every Christmas. <laughs> the fact that this was not a work of art, but was mass produced in plaster by a Sicilian factory and sold for only $3 was neither here nor there. As <laughs> oh, yeah, sounds like. <laughs> as far as the 20-year-old bride was concerned. I got the form of the petrol station on the way. <laughs> I put another lot of thought into this one. It's, it- um, uh, I think it's a Jesus. <laughs> oh, the Madonna, never mind. They both got the long hair. I do say it's uh, basically a trash. <laughs> I give it to you so you can throw it out. <laughs> And this is easier than to go into the bin. <laughs> it costs more to wrap it than to buy it. <laughs> the energy that I've expelled in uh, explaining this to you is more money in the food that I have to eat to replace it in energy than this thing it costs. It's uh, I don't respect. <laughs> and whatever, guys, the Madonna was worthy of veneration. Okay. Not long after her marriage, Antoinetta became pregnant and began to suffer from agonizing headaches and temporary loss of sight. On August 29th, during... Jesus. I cannot see. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot see. I damn thing. <laughs> Is that a blinding headache? Does that happen? Is that what that means? Uh, Does that happen to people? That you can get a headache so bad that you go... Like I mean, that makes sense. Does it? <laughs> Perfect sense. Okay. On August 29th, during such an attack, Antoinetta looked toward the Madonna... The virgin's face was streaming with tears. So this woman who can't see, can't see properly, <laughs> <laughs> whose face is all like blurry and like teary, I assume. <laughs> It's like, she cried too. She's like walking around, knocking shit over, <laughs> knocks the Madonna into a bucket of water. Uh, it's a crying. It was incredible. For a moment, I thought I was mad. She was crying like a child. Then I began... <laughs> uh, you're looking like a baby. <laughs> Toughen up, a Madonna. Then I began to shout... The little Madonna is weeping. (laughs) (laughs) The little Madonna. It's a weeping. Antoinette, you forgot the pregnancy madness. You need to calm down. The baby is still in your brain. (laughs) First he's still in your vision, now he's still in your brain. (laughs) Get out of there, little Giuseppe. Leave her brain alone. Give Antoinette her brain back. (laughs) It's also really funny to refer to it as the little Madonna. Yeah. This is obviously like a bigger Madonna. (laughs) The medium of Madonna is a fine. (laughs) That little cheaper piece of shit of Madonna. Let's cry. <laughs> and the bigger Madonna is a too hard. <laughs> Thinking that Antoinette had become hysterical with pain, her mother and her sister-in-law tried to soothe her. Then they too saw the tears. Soon after the weeping began, Antoinette's attacks ce- ceased. For four days, huge crowds passed through. <laughs> Every fucking time. Every time. <laughs> Every time there's the slightest bit of moisture on a statue, there's like this fucking dickhead group of 40,000 people who are like, oh, and run over there. Honestly, TV was the greatest invention <laughs> because these idiots just kept traveling places to look at <laughs> things that were yeah, crying. These are the people statues. who now just rewatch the American office. <laughs> And like I, I, you know, how when people they they tell the story about the f- the video the the film of the train coming towards the audience and yeah, they were scared yeah. that the train that makes perfect sense in a world where they're like, oh, statue was wet. <laughs> well, <laughs> I got to get a look at this for myself. <laughs> I got to pack up my whole life and go look at this. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'll Work be two years. <laughs> 
before. Come with me, Rabbity Gombri, whatever her name was. Ramily Rimmel. Rally Rimmel. <laughs> Rally Rimmel. <laughs> One visitor took the figure down from the wall to examine it closely. Hey, don't touch <laughs> my figure. <laughs> no, put a little Madonna bag. No, no, I'm in your house and this is a bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have a look at that. The baby's stolen your brain. <laughs> it's a thing that happens. We know it. <laughs> the wall behind it was dry. I unscrewed the statue from its base, he said, and thoroughly dried it. <laughs> Who is this psycho? I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, you sit down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to use my shirt to dry this thing. <laughs> then two tears like pearls began to appear in the eyes of the Madonna. Even when the Madonna was taken to police headquarters. <laughs> no, I'm going to arrest this. I'm going to make it a citizen's arrest. <laughs> one handcuffed around his <laughs> Like pushing its head down to get into the car. They <laughs> start hitting it with a phone book. <laughs> Why are you crying? <laughs> she's not talking until she sees a statue of a lawyer. <laughs> If you ever wonder how fascism could just take off, <laughs> this is 1953. <laughs> and they're taking a statue in the course. <laughs> First they came for the little statues and we did nothing. <laughs> and then they came for the slightly bigger statues. <laughs> <sighs> Even when the Madonna was taken to police headquarters The weeping continued In sufficient quantities to wet the uniform Of the policeman who carried it <laughs> <laughs> oh, She's defending herself <laughs> Squirting out like a fucking Like just for laughs pranks video <laughs> One person's holding the statue regularly Then they're like Hey stranger Can you hold that for a second And start squirting them A chemical analysis showed the tears To be similar to human tears Similar (laughs) They were wet But if someone suffering From a seemingly incurable complaint Was merely brushed with a piece of cloth That had been soaked in the tears He or she might be cured Wow a 49-year-old man with a crippled left arm regained the use of it and an 18-year-old girl who had been mute began to speak. <laughs> what are you doing with that statue? <laughs> Stab a weapon the tears are on a me. <laughs> a month after the weeping began, the little virgin was carried at the head of a procession. <laughs> little fucking virgin. <laughs> a head the of fucking a loser <laughs> was carried. <laughs> a head of a procession of how many people? Oh, oh tons. 50,000. To be fair, if I'd have heard about the statue that they'd arrested, <laughs> this is this is the statue. There's a little statue there, the little virgin. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably what thirty centimeters high, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'd say um, definitely thirty like centimeters sort of high. A little backboard is this, thing. There's like a dead woman underneath. No, that's a woman. woman looking up at it. It's <laughs> yeah, a weird right. way to do that. Um, it carried ahead of a procession of. She's thir- like upskirting the, <laughs> <laughs> the Madonna. Oh, it's a wet up there. Also. <laughs> I found a wet of the mice just coming. <laughs> The little virgin was carried at the head of a procession of 30,000 people to a railway shed (laughs) and there enshrined in a glass case. Man, how the fuck do I have like 17 pre-sales for my comedy festival (laughs) show and there are 30,000 people here to see a fucking wet statue? The difference is you're a big virgin. (laughs) 
<laughs> Within five years, many thousands of pilgrims had visited the shrine. Among them, 72 bishops and archbishops and three cardinals. A litter of abandoned crutches testified to the number of cripples <laughs> cured. <laughs> I've been cured of my cripplization, but not of my litter bug tendencies. Uh. I'm leaving these here. <laughs> There's somebody else's. Somebody tripping over a whole bunch of crutches, <laughs> breaking their leg. <laughs> well, these are the right here. <laughs> oh, it's both the, <laughs> the problem and the solution. It hurt me. Fuck it yeah. It hurt me. <laughs> That's Fuck ridiculous. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Is that it? What, how many are we up we to? Have, uh, we have one more story. Oh, we've got right. one more? Yeah, cool. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ooh, this is from uh, the first section uh, that is titled uh, Beyond the Walls of Time. Uh. On December 4th, 1978, Edward Pearson was arrested for travelling by train from Inverness to Perth in Scotland. Without- Get your hands off me, I'm not a statue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man. Without a ticket. Oh, no. He duly appeared in court at Perth where he was described as an unemployed Welsh prophet and said that he'd been on his way to London to warn the Minister of the Environment of an earthquake that was soon to strike Glasgow. Ooh. Edward Pearson's story was duly reported... By the way, 1978. Hmm. Call them. Yeah. That's <laughs> 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 an impending earthquake. <laughs> I'm going to get on the train. <laughs> How do you do Welsh? Uh, yeah. Where? Oh, all that. What's new, pussycat? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> There's an earthquake coming. Oh, that's lush. Edward Pearson's story was duly reported in the Dundee Courier and Advertiser. Um, I remember the great Courier and Advertiser merger uh, for December <laughs> when it was just simply the Dundee Courier and the Dundee Advertiser. <laughs> for December 6th, under the headline, Profit Didn't Have a Ticket. <laughs> <laughs> what a headline <laughs> There's nothing they could have done in the way of a pun with the word profit Yeah, yeah Like uh, train doesn't make profit From profit's lack From of profits. ticket Yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah. Three weeks later, the courier and advertisers' readers were shaken in their beds by an earthquake that damaged buildings in Glasgow and other parts of Scotland Only the readers of the newspaper? <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird kind of like And they thought they were pretty smug until the readers of that same I read the Glasgow Herald <laughs> And remained unshaken My feet, much like my opinions, are unmovable <laughs> You can take your courier an advertiser <laughs> but you can never <laughs> I refuse to read a paper where the name of it takes up most of the front page <laughs> courier or advertiser why both by the time I've read it the news is old <laughs> they damaged buildings in Glasgow and other parts of Scotland earthquakes are a very rare phenomenon in any part of the British Isles so explain that one. How long after him getting the train was it? Uh, under the three weeks. Oh, that's pretty soon. Mm. Well, but what a he couldn't he could predict the earthquake, but not that he'd get arrested for not having a ticket. In, in 1973, couldn't 78? There would be 78. The equipment. world could predict earthquakes, couldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got, knew about got word of one. Yeah. <laughs> and there it obviously was... wasn't that series of an earthquake. <laughs> Whoever knew about it was like, ah, oh, they don't need to know. Yeah. And yeah. it was it was, was also like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody died. They Nothing knew was wrong. About tectonic plates and shit by then, right? For sure. Like a hundred percent. By nineteen seventy eight, I reckon. 
powdered custard was invented 150 <laughs> years ago. We've got the technology. But that's that story. Okay. An unemployed wealth prophet. Unemployed. He's a well. He's a prophet. Is this him? What does that mean, prophet? That's not him. Uh. That's a different prophet. That's a good looking guy. Oh, I guess. <laughs> this is a photo of a handsome man. <laughs> the prophet part is him being able to predict stuff. Yeah. Was he trying to prophesize pre- other shit as well? Yeah. I knew I'd get arrested. <laughs> I wanted it to happen. <laughs> I think it's cool. <laughs> that is. So if you're ever caught in a situation where you have not bought a ticket, simply say you were traveling to warn the, the minister <laughs> of the environment of an earthquake. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah, I was just. Uh, Let on this the- man go. Speed up this train. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I was on the eighty-six to go warn the minister about the earthquake that's coming. It's going to hit Brunswick uh, a couple of weeks from now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unemployed. Yep, spot on. You've yeah. got me. Again. I was on my way to Central see the centre <laughs> of earthquakes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, earthquake man got away with a train fine, or didn't actually didn't get away with it. Got arrested fine. and then made front page news for being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but we did get away with another episode of Ooh Spooky. Uh, that brings us to the end of this one. Uh, we'll be back next week, but in the meantime, coming up for us, the Woo! Melbourne Comedy Festival's happening soon. Hot dog. Uh, I think it's it's near, about a month away, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's very be, close. I think exactly a month away the day that this is out. Mm. So Holy shit. Go to comedyfestival.com.au. And just Google our names separately. Yep. What are your names? My name's Adam Knox again, and Chimp Cop is also my name of my sketch group (laughs) that I'm doing a show with. Luca Muller, show's called Ha Ha Call. Fucking get along. (laughs) Uh, My name's Peter Jones. There is a man named Peter James doing a show as well. (laughs) Really? And I'm furious. (laughs) (laughs) Peter Jones. My show's called uh, They Call Me Peter Jones Good morning, how are you? I'm Peter Jones To be fair, you're lucky There's not another man Named Peter Jones Also doing a show No, no He's lucky There's not another <laughs> man Named Peter Jones uh, Yeah, go buy tickets to them Buy them as soon as you can That'd be great I'm going to start Centering all my advertising Around the fact that I have a crying statue <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you will see The face of God If you come and See any of us Perform comedy You can also uh, What are your details On Twitter? Uh, Adam G. Knox Is my Twitter thing Lucas C. Muller. Peter the Jones. You should have gone Peter middle initial Jones. I should have. You loser. What's that middle initial? It's D. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Peter the Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, it's the same. Uh, Yeah, go follow us and like and review the podcast. I want to put a freaking call to action on the uh, the listeners. Go and like and follow our social medias because... We see the numbers of people who listen to this and see the numbers who like our Facebook page and the difference they, yeah. is wild. <laughs> <laughs> I think social media is dying, man. Yeah, I don't think people I feel use like, that much. I feel like our Instagram Instagram's pretty good. Jump on that Instagram. Love the Insta. Insta's yeah. that Insta. Insta's we need to set time. up like a fucking what Bebo? What's the new one? Bebo? TikTok? TikTok. We need to get a TikTok. Is that, doing, is that actually one? Yeah, TikTok's yeah. fine. What's TikTok? I think for the kids. <laughs> it's like the new Vine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like Vine. Yeah. I think it's a... It's like, like it's 30 seconds now? Yeah. Something like that. Is it a Chinese site? There's got to be music <coughs> underneath it. Man, we're old. <laughs> we're old as hell. Anyway, we'll be back next week when we're a week older with five more stories. Thank you for listening this week. Bye-bye.